Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Uh, let's get ready to rumble! He's the fastest man on the planet. He did up there, Rabbits. With only two weeks left of the Supercoach preview, things are hitting the crucial point of the season. I thought there wouldn't be much to talk about this week, but we've actually got a fair bit to unravel. Joined once again by Brewer Seabrate. How are we? Excellent. How are you going today, Wispy? Not, not too bad, mate. Not too bad. How is the uh, team looking for the week? Uh, better than it has for a few weeks, actually, with Brian Toto back. Um, it kind of makes up for the fact that Nico Hines was benched. So, uh, fingers crossed, fingers and toes crossed this week. You leaving Hines out of the 17? I think I'm going to, yeah. Yeah, I think that's probably the play. As you said, mate, there is there is a plethora of, of ins and outs uh, this week. You thought Teamless Tuesday would be a doozy, and it is so far. Uh, first game of the week, Knights-Titans. We get Frizzell back. Uh, we also see David Clemmer exit for suspension. Uh, Ash Taylor out. Tyrant Peachy is named at six. The Warriors, Raiders, Lodge, and Nicarima in. Curran's also been named. I'm not too sure if he'll play. It's a short turnaround. Did you see the head knock on the weekend? Yeah, it, it was pretty nasty. I th- you'd have to think he would be touch and go. Um, Warriors are fighting for a final spot, though, so they might risk him. Um, I would say if, if he'd played for a Melbourne or a Roosters or someone like that, they'd probably rest him. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see if he does play. Yeah, I think it'll be coming down to whether he passes protocols. They also have uh, Shneel Harasuita out. I think this is pretty great for Walsh because they're going to have Townsend and Sean O'Sullivan in the halves. I think that's going to leave Walsh open to a lot of sort of back backdoor plays. I think he'll be heavily involved there. Uh, and the the Raiders also get Coy Horsburgh. Right? He's back on the bench after his stint from the Bulldogs. How do you feel about the Raiders recalling Ryan James to only to then not play him this week? Ah, oh, it's a bit of a stitch up, isn't it? Um, surely he's good enough to be somewhere in their top seventeen. How is he not? Um, yeah, he's not even named on the extended, so he's not even named 18 to 21, and they've recalled him back from the the Bulldogs, who have lost uh, Luke Thompson as well. So there's a yeah. I mean, I, I understand if you're gonna call if you're gonna recall Horsburgh and you play him your 17, that's fine. But for James, I think that's a, a little bit stiff. The Roosters, Rabbitohs, mate. There is a plethora of ins and outs here. Kieran comes. Uh, sorry, Kieran Copley, Nat Butcher, all out. Egan Butcher starts, Lachlan Lamb in the centres, Brad Abbey on the wing. Uh, Source, his season's over. Kulmatangi, he is suspended. Jaden Sewell will also start. Jackson Paulo starts. And I think the the most important thing here is Pete Mamazoulis is named on the extended bench for the Bunnies. Touch and go over Damien Cook has to pass the captain's run. But yeah, another hooker named on the bench is scary. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, there's got to be a question mark there. On the Chooks, uh, super keen to see how Egan Butcher goes starting. Spoke about him a few weeks ago. I love that kid. Little fun fact about the Roosters this week. They've only got seven players in that starting lineup that have played over 30 games. 
Yes, it's very much the the baby roosters. Uh, I think it's getting around on social media. The roosters uh, seven. Uh, sorry, the roosters best thirteen that's out versus the roosters best thirteen that's available. I think the uh, the the roosters players that aren't playing this week would would definitely trounce the ones that are starting. So uh, if we if we know anything about the roosters though, Trent Robinson will always get them up for it. Uh, they're a consistent threat to to any big team on their day, and uh, I don't think this to be any different. I do think the Rabbits get the win here, but. The Roosters will definitely put in a shift. The Dragons-Cowboys, mate. Blake Laurie comes back in. Uh, Sloan is in at fullback. No Matt Dufty. Jason Tamalolo is back at prop, which is, I think, a big, big win. Uh, we've been calling out for him to play prop for two years now because it's effectively what he does just with the 13 on the back of his jersey. That sees Ruben Cotter play 13. I really like that move as well. Kyle felt back in. On the Tamalolo thing, he's back after a quote-unquote fractured hand. He seems to be making pretty speedy recoveries. There's surely got to be something going on behind the closed doors that we're not seeing with uh, these injuries in quotation marks. Yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah, I'm keen to see how he goes in prop. As you said, prop and uh, lock, they're pretty similar positions in the modern game. Um, for, I saw Valentine Holmes is at centre. Some say that that's probably his best position. So I'm interested to see how he goes uh, in a little bit closer, see if he... You know, gets a bit more ball, a bit, a few more attacking stats. Hopefully, for my sake, um, can't understand Dufty not being in the Dragons side, um, and I still scratch my head every time I see the name Corey Norman on their team list. Uh, yes, I'm not not too sure if they're going to be building for for the future by leaving Dufty out. That's fine. I totally understand that. Um, but if you're going to be building for the future, then why are we still selecting Corey Norman? Look, Corey Norman's copped a lot of shit on social media uh, over the last two weeks, so I will leave that there as it is. Not my place to say anything. Um, the Sharks-Broncos game, not a whole lot of changes happening here. We only see Ronaldo Mulatalo come out and Moeen Harodi come in. The Storm and the Eels game, uh, Brendan Smith will start at nine. Harry Green coming off the bench. Dean Aramia is coming in for George Jennings. Jerome Hughes is back in the starting side as well. Uh, and Ryan Pappenhausen, the big one, starting at fullback. For Parramatta, they have Sivo out for the season. Probably... Uh, a fair bit of chunk into next season as well. Confirmed that he did his ACL on the weekend, and we see Fergo coming back in. Look, all all sort of nice points. Hughes is back, whatever. But the big thing here is Papenhausen starting. Yeah, I we kind of alluded to it last week that he looked like he was back last week. So it's his jumper. It's his number one. I'm not surprised uh, to see him named there, and I'm also not surprised to see Hines in the seventeen. I thought there was an opportunity to possibly rest Jerome Pughes for another week. Um, so I was hoping that Nico would get another run in the seven, but he's in the 17. He's probably just going to play an absolute super sub role, sub 20 minutes. Not sure he's much of an option to play this week unless you very much have to. Yeah, I, th- I think you'll go back to sort of how we saw Nico Hines at the start of the season. Uh, for the Seagulls and the Bulldogs, mate, Tavita Funa is out. Turbo, the big inclusion back in for Manly. Uh, a big, big win for them. Uh, rolling off the back some good form. Got the win over the Raiders last week as well. So Turbo coming back in is obviously going to strengthen them against a, a pretty weak Bulldog side who have been in the media headlines for all the wrong reasons. Uh, Adam Elliott stood down. Corey Waddell out. As we touched on, Corey Horsburgh and Ryan James also have been recalled back to their home club in the Canberra Raiders. And Luke Thompson took the early guilty plea, so his season is over. Becoming a little bit of a liability, uh, a bit like a tampon, mate. One week in, three weeks out. Something like that. Um, I noticed number nine, your boy, Bailey Biondi Otto, or however you say that name, 
he's in, so I'm sure that makes you excited. Um, for the Seagulls, I tried to get a confirmation for the show today. I don't have it. Uh, it Tom's about 80, 90%. Um, he's going to play. Um, I'm trying to see if I can get that number to 100% tomorrow uh someone's coming back to me tomorrow on that but at this point tom's looking good to go i would be very very surprised if tom doesn't start i think the fact that tavita funa is also out um is a big tick because they don't have much sort of wing depth there so if if they're gonna play turbo undercooked probably now is the week but still pushing for a top four spot and the fact that the bunnies take on the roosters i think is a big win i think if the if they went down last week against the raiders that may have been a an indication that the top four dream is probably over, but the fact that there is a very, very juicy matchup in the Roosters versus the Bunnies that could see uh, the Seagulls move into the top four spot. Yeah, fingers crossed the Turbo plays. It'll be a big, big inclusion for Supercoach. The last game of the round, mate, uh, Panthers versus the Tigers. The Tigers have Little and Jock Madden and Thomas McCallie back in. Adam Dewey is out for the season, unfortunately, for owners and for him. Uh, Charlie Staines on the extended bench. That becomes relevant when we see that the name Brian Toto is back into the starting side. Probably two weeks earlier than expected. Initial reports suggested he'd be back finals week one. It was getting closer to round 25, but now he's made a shock return to round 24. The The biggest issue with this is it's the last game of the round. So um, this will be a common theme in the trade-ins and trade-outs and people asking whether we bring him in. If they were playing the first game of the round, I'd be looking at bringing Soto in, but the fact that it's the last game of the round does worry me. Uh, and also James Fisher-Harris back. But the big thing for, for you and your teammate and for a lot of super coaches out there is... Uh, the name B Toto, named at number five. Yeah, I'm playing Toto. I know it's risky with him being the last game, but I'm either going to cop Tavita Pangai Jr. or Nico Hines, which I wouldn't know who to choose between anyway. Um, not knowing Hines' role this week, he could get five minutes and score five points. We don't know. Um, so I'm just going to risk it for the biscuit. Um, I heard a few weeks ago that Toto was pretty damn close, and that was a few weeks ago. Um, so I'm fairly confident he'll play. I saw some footage of him boxing and whatnot during the week with the boys. He looks sweet. He looks good on his feet. I think he's good to go. Yeah, I think it's a very, very different story if you do own Toto compared to buying him. Uh, if you own him, I'd be playing him, but uh, it's a lot of money to sum up for a bloke that you only get one week out of, and if you're needing wins in your semifinals or whatever, uh, I think money could be better spent elsewhere. But if he's in your side, fantastic. Uh, moving into bringing people in and out of their teams, we have the top. This is I've, I've got top seven brought in because six and seven are, are interesting. Um, the most purchased players, no surprises. I think Nathan Cleary at nine percent purchased in. Uh, he is the number one option. Not against this at all. Fantastic matchup. Uh, Nathan Cleary, the best halfback. Just potentially worried maybe that he gets a spell next week. But obviously, I think you're you're a fan of the Cleary trade in. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, I don't think he'll get a spell next week. I don't think any of the Panthers will get a rest next week. Uh, I heard on uh, Big Sports Breakfast Ivan Cleary uh, this week talking about how his side needs to find their continuity again uh, and they need time on the park together given all the injuries they've had over the last six to eight weeks. I don't expect that they'll be resting players this oh, – well, not this week, but next week. Um, so I would confidently take Cleary. As a as a trade in, hundred percent. Yeah, look, if we if we if I'm trying not to play devil's advocate here by giving the the counterpoints, I would I would say Cleary plays personally because that was a big reason why I was quietly confident he would come back 
uh, round 22 or 23, whatever it was, he came back. People were worried that he'd just be rested for finals, but I think you want that cohesion. And uh, Ivan Cleary's comments this week did suggest that. Uh, number two, this is the one that I'm not so much of a fan on. 7.8% of teams have traded in Brian Toto. Uh, I know that you're pretty confident he plays, but for me, I think it's just too much money to be risking in a crucial week for a lot of coaches. If you have the week off this week or whatever, um, awesome. If you're playing draft or whatever, um, sweet. But classic-wise, I just think it's probably too much of a risk to be bringing a guy in coming off the back of a synosmosis that's playing the last game of the round. Yeah, you need to remember that he is coming back from quite a serious injury. So unless you are in a position where you can hold that trade until the last game or until Sunday afternoon and then make the trade, uh, I wouldn't be risking it because it's a big risk. By that stage of the round too, you should have a fair idea whether or not you're going to win your match. You might be in a safe position and not need it. If you do need it, well, that's a different story, but you are taking a massive, massive risk in bringing Toto in this week. The only thing I can really think of is trading out Nofaluma for bringing in Brian Tyre, considering they both play that game. Apart from that, it's going to be hard to to bring someone in, in. And we'll touch on that in the captain choices as well, because uh, both the star options play at the, at the end of the round. Uh, number three most popular trading target at 4.7% is Ryan Pappenhausen. I do not have an issue with this one, one bit. Uh, no, I don't either. I don't think he'll be one of the ones to be rested next week. But any other Storm player... I would be seriously, oh, I'd probably look for other options if for trade-ins for this week and for next week, to be honest with you. Another Melbourne Storm option at number four on the list is Josh Adokar, uh, traded in by 3.5% of teams. Normally, I would say this is chasing last week's points, but we look at his matchup. He's up against Will Panasini and Hayes Dunster. I don't think this is a better matchup for Josh Adokar to go back-to-back tons, personally. No, I, I don't hate this move. Um... He might not get rested next week being a winger. He is a, a representative player, so there's a chance that he does. But Jack's also the kind of bloke that could really win you a head-to-head game this week. But again, caution with Storm players. I also think if Alex Johnson doesn't bag a meat pie and Adokar maybe grabs two or three, uh, Bellamy might just give him the, the, the week next week to try and get that leading try scorer tally as well. Uh, I think Bellamy's pretty good with, with that with his players and just giving them the ability to, to chase, not records, but chase personal accolades. And you're right, Josh Adekar isn't a Brian Toto. He doesn't make 200 metres a game uh, doing shit hit-ups. He's someone that could probably stay relatively fresh on that left-hand side. The number five most traded in option, it still baffles me that 3.4% of teams don't own him already, but Tom Travojevic, nothing to say really here, is there? Yeah, if they don't own Turbo by now, they're probably in the nosebleeds. So good, good on you for getting him now, but you're about 20 weeks too late. Number six on this list, Ali Cherry Evans at 3.9%, oh, sorry, 3.3% of teams. Uh, I think he'll be playing next week as well, especially if Manly are pushing for a top four spot. Love it. Love it. That's all I need to say. This one I'm not so sure about. Number seven at 3% of teams, Cameron Munster. I do have a big, big worry that next week Bellamy just says, all right, Cam, let's just uh, let's just wrap you in cotton wool and we'll sit you on the bench next week. Uh, from Munster's own mouth, there will be mass restings at Melbourne next week. And you'd have to assume that he, being a representative player who hasn't missed many games this year, is going to be one of those. Surprised he was named to play this week, actually. I think if they were playing anyone that wasn't uh, a top eight side, he would maybe just get the, the spell as well. I think maybe depends if they're chasing that minor premiership. But yeah, I just wanted to touch on six and seven because I much prefer um, Cherry Evans over Cameron Munster. For the most traded outs, 
Uh, no surprise, 7.2% of teams have traded out Adam Dewey. Uh, the second best 5'8 in the comp, I would say, behind Cam, uh, Cody Walker. Yep, 100% agree. Obviously, it makes sense. Um, he was a huge, huge pod, you know, to start this year, and now he's he's mass owned and rightfully so. But he's gone down. He's done for the year. It's an important stage of the year. Definitely a trade out. Number f- three, four, and five on the list are all out for the seasons. They are Ryan Madison, Mike Acevo, and Luke Thompson. Not not much to really touch on here. But the second most traded player out this week, uh, Nico Hines, four point seven percent of teams coming off the bench from Melbourne Storm. Is this a luxury trade, or is this one that has to be made regardless of your team setup? Uh, it could be a bit of both. I think it depends where you are situationally. If you've got a squad of 20, 22 players, then I wouldn't be selling him for the sake of it because I'm pretty sure he'll start next week. But if you only have 14 or 15 or 16 players and he's an option to trade this week, then yeah, I would look at that option because he's not going to get many minutes this week. Yeah, I, I I agree. All right, so that's Teamless Tuesday Roundup. That is the most per, uh, purchased players and traded out players and whatnot. Something we're going we're gonna to do a little bit different here is, uh, I said last week, having a co-host in Brew allows me to focus more on the stat side of things, which is where I want to go down. And this week, we're looking at, uh, I guess, matchups based off teams and where we see points coming from and some key matchups for individuals. Some points to keep in mind. So we'll, we'll break down positions by position at hooker. The Canary Brankstown Bulldogs are the worst defensive side against hookers, conceding uh, six point, uh, 69.8 uh, points per game. So, yeah, the Bulldogs are definitely leaking points through the guts. They are playing manly this week. I think Lachlan Croker uh, is named at nine. I'm just pulling this up as we speak. Lachlan Croker is named at nine. I think that's going to give a big roll on to guys like Turbo uh, that love to push through the middle. Uh, I wouldn't be saying uh, Lachlan Croker is anywhere near a buy personally, but... Rolling through the middle, you've got guys like Marty Tapao, Hammer or Kawatu, Shuzuri, who wants to come through the middle as well, Jerbo, and I said, as I said, Lock and Kroger pushing through that middle to um, make big, big inroads. And and obviously, we, we know Turbo loves to just come back and, and absolutely burst through middle defenses. And I can't see the, the Bulldogs stopping this at all, like bucking the trend. Yeah, uh, like I'm not saying what I'm about to say is an NRL comment. It's not a super coach comment, so no one jump on. But I really like Dylan Walker to come on during this game and absolutely shred the Bulldogs through the middle once they get a tied forward pack with who they're missing in their pack. Um, Like not having Ryan James, not having Luke Thompson, not having the big ranger. Like I reckon he'll come on and he'll shred them. Yeah, look, that, it can be related to Supercoach. Uh, we aren't a draft podcast by any stretch of the means, but if you're looking for numbers to fill this week and um, the waivers are done by now, but if, if Dylan Walker's still in your free agency, there is worse people to pick up, I, I think, mate. Yeah, I like it. All right, front row forwards. This one, the, the, the points per game is a bit skewed because you know front row forwards don't really play big minutes, but this is per 80. The Broncos are the worst side against front row forwards, conceding 93.6 points a game. Like I said, that, that is per 80, um, so take that what you will. But against the Sharks side, who contain the likes of Toby Rudolph, Aaron Woods, Sifa Talakai, Nakora, Jack Williams, you're going to have Hamlin Ueli come off the bench, Teague Wilton, Aiden Tolman. This is going to, I think, lead on. Uh, we're going to see big output from Luke Metcalf, Braden Trindle, Will Kendi. I think they're going to back up their performance from last week, mate. Uh, if, the, if the Broncos are going to be conceding this much up the guts... Uh, Sharks put on 50 last week against the Tigers against the Broncos could be doing something similar I think this will be um, a little bit like last week's Warriors Broncos game I think there'll be points from both sides um, and like you gotta 
a big body like Talakai running through a soft middle potentially, or a middle, not so much a soft middle, but a middle that's leaking points, which as you said, and then you've got a guy like Nikora who runs really good edges. There could be there could be some long range efforts in this game. And the Sharks do love to concede a trial too. So uh, yeah, I could definitely see a world where it's a, a 30 to 28 kind of affair. We touched on the Bulldogs and how poor they are sort of up the guts through hookers. Against two RFs, they aren't much better. Uh, against two RFs, they are the worst side, conceding 76.8 points a game. Now, this lights up my eyes for guys like Hamwell Olakawatu and Josh Schuster on those edges, uh, especially if Turbo's going to be roaming through the middle and, and even hitting them guys on the short ball. Uh, if they want to if they want to focus their attention on guys like Hamwell Olakawatu and Schuster, uh, that's just going to free up Turbo even more in the back. You've got four and you've got Cherry Evans who are just going to pick apart this Bulldogs edge defense. Yeah. Uh, well, both edges could have a really good, good outing this weekend. But when you said that, I thought about Cherry Evans, actually. I know Turbo will be there. He's always there, but Cherry could have a could have a very decent game this week, given those numbers. You're going to have guys, like I said, Hanwell and Schuster running at Kyle Flanagan and Lachlan Lewis, who are the six and seven for the dogs this week. Oh, I think this is going to be, this is going to be a fucking massacre, personally. Mm, I wish I owned Ola Kawatu. I love that guy. Yeah, just based off the note, like, yeah, 76.8% of, uh, sorry, points per game. So Lewis is running up to 77 points a game. Do I think both edges will get there? Probably not, but I can see one of them at least jagging a, a pie. And uh, as you said, Foran and Cherry Evans, I think are going to have their hands all over that. The Cowboys have been playing some shocking footy the last 11, 12 weeks. And no surprise that they rank first in halfbacks, five-eighths and center wings. Against halves, they're conceding 77.6. Uh, against five-eighths, they're conceding 68.8. And against center wings, they're conceding over 60 points a game. I know that we made a joke about him before, but Corey Norman, uh, I think, can play some pretty decent eyes-up footy when he wants to, and I think this could be a, a bit of a bloodbath as well. You've got Tyro Sloan at the back. You've got Zach Lomax, Jack Bird, big strike centers. Uh, you've got Talatown Monty, who is just coming more and more into his own week on week. We've got Corey Norman wearing the seven jersey that's going to take over more here. I just, I just don't see the Cowboys really putting up I think if the Cowboys are going to be putting up an effort through here, I think it's going to be Ruben Cotter at 13. I don't have any faith in uh, Tom Dean to steer the side around. Drinkwater isn't a guy that I want with the ball to organize. I want him to be finishing off. Uh, so I think Ruben Cotter has to provide some kind of stability for the Cowboys middle. But yeah, I just think they're half and 5'8". They're going to get targeted here heavily in defense, uh, Dean and Drinkwater. Yeah, I think this is going to be an absolute bludger of a game, to be honest with you. The last thing... I would want is Corey Norman organizing my side. He's so predictable, I find, these days in everything he does, in particular his kicking game. So if I'm a Dragons fan, I'm I'm hoping that it's a Mone and I'm hoping that Sloan plays off the back of him. Um, Bird and Lomax are both destructive centers, so they can play off the back of that. For North Queensland, oh, you hit the nail on the head, didn't it? Drinkwater, just an absolute pus combination at, you know, six and seven. They've got two of their most creative players in the centers. Hampton and Holmes are two blokes that can actually create for them. And it'll be interesting to see if the coach is smart enough to get them to move inward uh, closer to the ball uh, to see if they can create something if they get in a position where Drinkwater and Dearden are, you know, digging themselves out of a deep hole again. Yeah, I think uh, Highland Lukey and Ben Condon are the back rowers for the Cowboys. They're going to have a big day out tackling. You're going to have guys like Jack DeBellin, Tarek Sims, Billy Burns, Josh McGuire, and Blake Laurie coming at you. 
uh, and they're going to be targeting those halfbacks as well. So it's going to be a huge day out for those guys defensively. Expect some pretty good base stats, I think, from the Cowboys forwards. I think they're going to be required to do a lot of defense. As I said, ranked first in center wings, first in five eighths, first in halfbacks. I don't think it's going to be a, a fantastic game for for the eye, uh, but for Supercoach Wise, it could open up a fair bit of points. The last position, fullback, the Broncos are conceding the most points per game, 80 points a game against the fullback position. That's going to see Will Kennedy step up again this week. Do we see him going back-to-back good weeks? Uh, yeah, I think he'll turn up again. Yeah, I like Will Kennedy, unfortunately, in a position that is so stacked, he isn't dual position eligible. Um, it just, yeah, you can't go near him, but definitely keep an eye out for those center wings and stuff for the uh, for the Sharks if they're going to be targeting the fullback position uh, in attack. And as we said, we've also targeting the front row forwards, which are going to leak some points through the middle. Mate, we go on the opposite end of the spectrum here. Uh, we talked about teams that are leaking all these points, but I think it's going to be a pretty tough day at the office for the sides that are playing the Storm uh, and the Panthers and the Roosters. The Storm ranks 16th in all positions except center wing. So when I say ranked 16th, uh, worst being first, the best being 16th. So the Storm defensively in Supercoach points are the best side in every position except center wing. They are ranked 14th in center wing. So there's only two sides better than them in the Panthers and the Roosters. So Parramatta, if you have any stock in these guys, Gutho, Thurgo, Wunga Blake, uh, Isaiah Papali'i, just any Parramatta player is just going to have an absolute nightmare against this Melbourne side. Yeah, it's not surprising, is it? Um, be interesting to see what those numbers would be if Penrith hadn't have lost their players in the middle when they were going so well defensively. Um but these are things that we already knew. You don't really want to have too many blokes playing against Penrith or against Melbourne. Um, surprised to see that the Roosters were up there. Um, given how much stock they've lost this year, I thought they would have leaked in certain areas. Um, so I'm quite proud of that as a, as a Roosters fan. Um, that said, I personally think the Roosters are going to get dusted this week. Um, after seeing their lineup yesterday and how many more, you know, they've how many more kids they've got in there, I just don't think they'll be able to keep up with the bunnies, unfortunately. You touched on the Panthers, mate. Uh, they aren't doing too bad either. They're ranked 13th uh, at the 2 rep position, 16th at halfback, 5-8th center wing and fullback. So they are tied for Melbourne uh, in a lot of positions. The only the only positions they are lacking in uh, are front row forward. They do leak uh, about average amount of points to front row forwards and hookers as well. They're about, about a middling a pack team there. But on the edges uh, with yeah, their their 2 RFs, they are fantastically defensive with their halfbacks, their 5-8th, their center wings and their fullbacks. I just see this spelling a bad day for, for the Tigers, especially after losing probably their biggest creating outlet uh, in uh, Dane Laurie and then also losing their best strike player in Adam Dewey. Oh, I'm expecting an absolute massacre this weekend, to be honest with you. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm happy as, as a Tigers fan that Dewey and Laurie are out because we can use the exact same excuse that the Panthers used against us back in Origin time that we were missing our best players when, we are, when they inevitably put 60 on us, mate, and make us look like an absolute reserve grade side. You I'll touched. just um. No, you go. Sorry, I do need to put shit on you in this moment. I'll just point out that you're missing two players, and they were missing about eight. Yeah, yeah. Scoreboard, scoreboard doesn't matter about who you're missing, <laughs> mate. Tigers, Tigers got the dub. That's all I'll matter, mate. You mentioned you mentioned as a Roosters fan that you think you'll get dusted this week against a pretty good South City matchup. For me, I think that's going to be the match of the week uh, in terms of. Supercoach standpoint, but also NRL, there is a lot of things to break down here. Um, so the key matchups, as I said this week, being the Bunnies and the Roosters. South are currently ranked, sorry, when I say ranked, uh, I'll reiterate first, uh, you are the worst. 16th, you are the best. South's ranked 10, 10th at hooker, 11th at front row forward, 12th at 2RF, 10th at halfback, 11th, uh, sorry, 13th at 5.8th. Uh, 
Uh, they are also tied with Melbourne in 14th at center wing and fifth, uh, 14th at fullback. So the big key players there, uh, obviously ranked 10th at, at halfback. So we talk about Sam Walker and his point scoring ability. Tied for 14th in your center wings. We're talking Joey Manu and Daniel Tupo. And 14th for fullback, we're also talking Teddy. So statistics-wise, we're going to try and keep Teddy to a quiet game. Manu and Turbo also to quiet games. And Sam Walker. All those guys had uh, brilliant days out last week. But you seem to think South Sydney will turn the script and, and keep those guys relatively quiet. Um, It's tough. I th- What I think is that the Roosters will hang in there um, for a period in time. But I think the longer the match goes, and especially if they do fall one or two tries behind, it's the bench for me. Like if I were to break down the backs, the forwards, and the interchange for these two sides going into this matchup, which is a real key matchup, as you said, and probably the most important um, outcome-wise for the weekend in terms of the NRL ladder, the backs, I think the Roosters actually win for the most part. I, I have Tedesco slightly ahead of Mitchell, I have the two wingers. Uh, sorry, I have Tupu ahead of AJ. I have Manu ahead of Graham, and then obviously Lamb and Abby. No, they don't win. Uh, Hutch and Walker don't match Cody and Adam. So there's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Bunny's probably slightly edge out there. Um, forwards, forwards is tight. Um, I'd take I'd take Warrior Hargraves over Nichols. I'd take uh, TKO over Thomas Burgess. But that's a, probably about where it ends because then you've got Murray, Arrow, Sewer, and Cook versus Verrills, Egan Butcher, Tupanua, and Liu. So. When you look at it and break it down like that, Souths just have too much talent compared to what they're going up against. Um, and the Roosters' bench is like, if I went through Marshke, White, Baker, and Thomas, I reckon nine out of ten people probably couldn't tell me their first names. Yeah, That's I'm, how fresh they are. I'm taking Marshall, Jacob Hoss, Tabit, Tola, Harms, LA, every day of the week. Uh, I, know that, I know that you're a huge fan of Egan Butcher. Uh, I just think it's going to be a very, very tough matchup for him to walk into. Uh, not many tougher games for you to, to try and stamp your authority. Um, knowing that Angus Crichton's back next week as well, I think it's a, a real tough game for Egan Butcher to come into. Yeah, absolutely. And the other thing too is you're looking at two traditional rivals. They fire up against each other whenever they play. And I just think that South have that little bit more to play for last week, especially after what happened against Penrith last week. So I think they might just be up for the game that little bit more than the Roosters will be. So we broke down, I guess, the key matchups for um, the the Roosters to attack. Uh, we'll look where we'll look where the South Sydney look to attack. I guess from a super coach standpoint, the Roosters are ranked fifth at hooker, not great. Uh, six at front row forward slash two RF, also not great. Seventh at halfback, middling of the pack. The um, the Roosters defensively are very very good at their five eighth, their center wing and their fullback ranked thirteenth at five eighth, fourteenth at center wing and fullback. So you've got guys like Cody Walker who, if we're looking at statistics, the, the Roosters should keep 
relatively quiet based on prior performances. But when we're talking about averages, it's pretty hard to categorize Cody Walker in that average, isn't it? Yeah, he's not your he's not your stock standard five eight, is he? And he copped a little bit of flack, like not just I know I gave him a bit last podcast, but he he copped a little bit in the media about being a bit soft last week. So I think he's going to be up for a big game. I think these stats will also take into account you're going to have Victor Radley at thirteen, um, Satili Chibino and Angus Crichton in your back row who are a good defensive back rowers. I just I just. Isaac Leary plays a very different role to what Radley does. I think these stats are going to be a little bit misleading. I think um, Gagai, Graham, uh, Latrell, Cody Walker, these guys who statistically should be having a quiet night, I think they're just going to rip apart guys like Brad Abbey and, and Lachlan Lamb playing out of position, unfortunately, as a Roosters fan, mate. Man, this, um, it, this smells like last year to me. If you remember back to last round, and I don't want to, but... You know, Cody Walker scored 203 and the Rabbitohs put 66 or something like that on the Roosters. And the Roosters went into that game with a very young, busted side. And I'm just, I'm smelling a bit of deja vu. Um, And the Roosters did hang in that contest as well last year. They hung in there early and then the second half, they absolutely got dusted. It was just, they probably scored 40 plus points in the second half. And I'm hoping to God it's not the case, but I can see something similar happening this weekend. You make a very, very good point, mate. The record was 199 last year until the last round of the season. James Tesco had 199 against, I think it was the Bulldogs. Uh, I remember because I didn't captain that game, which was nice. And yeah, uh, Cody Walker came in against a very, very underdone uh, Roosters pack in round 25 and put on 203 and, and really blew open the the scoring mole. First player to crack 200. And I just think this could be... I'm not going to say Cody Walker's going 200 plus, but I just think on paper, you've got Lachlan Lamb out of position, Brad Abbey, uh, new to the system. You've got Sam Walker, who was rested last week, came on and won them the game, I would say. But you've got a forward pack here with uh, Egan Butcher. Look, very, very fantastic play, but I think it's going to struggle in this game. And then you've got not much to come off the bench. Uh, you've yeah, you've got Nate Fleur White, Ben Marshkey, Fletcher Baker, Ben Thomas. Doesn't strike me as a as a bench pack that's going to come on and, and change this game where you've got guys like Marshall, Host, uh, Tavita Tola, who's had a fantastic season, I think, and, and Harm Sello, who I rate very highly. I, I just see the Bunnies winning this one. And for your Supercoach scorers, I know the stats suggest otherwise, but I wouldn't be too upset. I, I wouldn't be too worried about Cody Walker or Gagai or, or AJ personally. Um, I'm vice-captaining Cody Walker this week, I think. So I think he's going to bounce back. I think he's going to have a good game. I don't think he's going to get a score that I can loop, um, but I know he's capable of it. Um, I like Cam Murray uh, this week um, from South Sydney. I think uh, that soft middle, you might find Cook breaks it open at some point um, with his speed up the ruck. uh, And Cameron Murray plays off the back of that, try under the stick. So I can see it happening. So... um, do we think this AJ, game? Do we think this game th- goes any differently if uh, Damien Cook doesn't pass the captain's run and we see either Benji Marshall start at nine, uh, or we see Pete Mamazulius come into nine? Oh, it'll definitely have an impact because it'll it'll really have, when you don't have your normal passing hooker, you don't get the same ball service and you don't get the same speed from your dummy half. So you kind of play off the back of that. So if Cook's out, it will definitely slow them down, and if it slows them down, it'll give these young roosters a chance to set their line better. 
Yeah, I, I agree. Sorry, I had a mouthful of water there. Got me off guard. Mate, you, you mentioned that you are captaining Cody Walker. Sorry, vice-captaining him this week. We look at, I guess, the captain choices for this week. VC, I think, is going to be an interesting one. Captaincy, I have an entire segment on it itself. But VC, it sounds crazy. But Dave Fafita coming off the bench, I think there are worse VC options. The Knights are the third worst team at, at defending two RF spots. Uh, you're going to have Pierce and Clifford defending for feeder. I think that's a pretty ideal matchup for him. If he's gonna, if he's going to come on and do anything, it's got to be this game. The Titans have their backs against the wall. They need a they need a win to make the top eight spot. So I don't hate the idea of putting the VC on for feeder. Uh, you mentioned also Cody Walker. I think he's probably the only person from this game that I would be looking at. I don't think I can go near Troll. I can't go near Teddy. Not with the other fullback option that we have. Mm. It's it's a tough one. I think Cody Walker is probably the standout. Um, and believe it or not, any of the Dragon center wings, I think, if you have Lomax or Bird, I don't mind putting the, the VC on them, considering the stats that we talked about beforehand, mate. Yeah, I, in my position and what I'm playing for at the moment, I'm not looking at an outlandish VC. I wouldn't personally put it on Fafita. Um, it's really tough this week because... You've got you got your best players basically playing in the last three games, so it makes. I haven't actually checked if I have a loop option. If say I was to if I was to go Grant again, for example, as my vice captain, I need to check if I've got a loop option. If I go that direction, uh, I haven't done that I, at the moment. I haven't looked too deeply into it. I just saw Cody playing a a pretty busted Roosters lineup on a on a Friday night. I eyeballed that and said, yep, I like that. Um, I don't mind Payne Haas as a vice-captain either. Yeah, Payne Haas has definitely added a new string to his bow in the, in the attacking output, um, scoring tries, greening them. I don't, I don't mind him. I just think if you are going to go outlandish, I, I just can't not get around Lomax or Bird, to be honest, just with how, with how poor the the edge defences for the, the Cowboys have been. I think Lomax showed some of his best last week. Uh, we're going to have Ravalar on his outside as well, who I think will have a fantastic game. Um, but Harry Grant isn't a bad option. Don't be worried about him being on the bench. Uh, I think that's going to suit him. He'll come in that Connor Watson mould yeah. after 20 minutes, come in and just tear the game open uh, as well. Yeah, uh, Grant being on the bench, he's one of those players. It, it doesn't matter with him. So he's still definitely an option. We know what he's going to get. He's going to he's going to get 60 minutes and he, they're going to be a 100% effort and... He could be coming on against tiring defences at that point in time, so it just increases his chances of getting the junk. Mate, there is two names here that we haven't mentioned because I think we need a, an entire section to themselves. The biggest captaincy debate this week, Turbo versus Cleary. Before we dive into stats, who is the initial thought? Um, well, uh, Turbo for me because I don't own Cleary, but there's a huge benefit to both. Um... Well, if you, I, if you, if I would you love own, to hear your argument for both. If you own both and you have a trade in hand, you've got to get a Tigers nuff, don't you? You've just got to take a Tigers uh, nuff that, that that you can swap, swap in. If you're in a, if you're in a fortune position with trades, uh, if you're going to burn one on, on a nuff, it has to be a Tigers nuff for me this week. It's extremely risky, but I tell you, if you could vice Tom and have that look before you have to decide, well... I'd, I'd seriously consider that knowing the ceiling of these two blokes. Like they could both get 200 this week. If you literally. own, if you own Charlie Staines and you have trades up your sleeve, I would be waiting until 60 minutes into the Manly game. And if Turbo is 
170 plus, I'd be trading at stains to a Tigers enough, um, or, or even just keeping stains if he doesn't play for Toto. But moving into the stats, mate, we've got both of them. Turbo, his three round average is 164. His five round <laughs> average is 146. He has a career average of 76 uh, against the Bulldogs. Um, sorry, no, I'm reading Cleary stats here. He has a career average of 96 against the, the Bulldogs. Uh, versus the Bulldogs back in round 16, uh, Turbo put on 144 and just looked looked amazing. That was post-Origin, I'm pretty sure, as well. So played the full game there. I think a lot of people were expecting him to get rested and, and tore up the Bulldogs apart. The Dogs are the fifth worst at defending fullbacks, conceding on average 0.89 ppm, which is 71 points a game. Uh, they also are the worst, st- uh, the worst side defending against center wing. So you've got to have guys like Garrick and Saab. Uh, they are putting up at least 60 points a game against the Bulldogs. So their turbo stats, as I said, that three-round average of 164, the five-round average of 146, and the fact that he has runs on the board this year against the Dogs at 144 points, uh, that is really, really enticing. It's hard to turn those stats down, but when you do have the best halfback in the game, Nathan Cleary, his three-round average is 103. His five-round average is 110. Remember, he's coming off the back of a pretty uh, grim shoulder injury, so those stats could be a little bit skewed. Also has played some pretty tough opposition in the last couple of weeks. His career average against the Tigers is 76. He didn't play the game this year when the Tigers beat them, and they were missing a host of their origin stars, so doesn't have the runs on the board against them this year. But the Tigers, they're the third worst side defending halfbacks, conceding on average 72.8 points per game. They're also the sixth worst defending center wings, averaging 54.4 points a game. Stats-wise, mate, I think it's hard to pass up Cleary based off... Oh, sorry, hard, hard to pass up Turbo on those stats. Yeah, I think I think Turbo's got the highest ceiling. Um, but it's somewhat equalized that if, if Penrith have a day out and, let's say, put 60 points on the Tigers, which... I don't think it's inconceivable. Then you have to think he's probably going to get 40 points in goal kicks. So, and if they do score that many points, how many of those tries is he going to have a hand in? It's actually really, really difficult. I don't mind Cleary this week, to be honest with you. Because the thing is, Cleary will also be very much a pod captain. Um, If you own both, I would... For head-to-head, a tip, I would put the captaincy on a Melbourne player um, and at the last minute change your captain so your opponent doesn't know which option you're taking. Yeah, so just looking at the captaincy choices for this week, uh, 10.5% of the teams still have it on Tedesco. I think that would be based off last week and people would just be making changes before kickoff. We are recording this at quarter past three on a Wednesday, so I expect that to change. But as it stands now... Turbo is captained by 29.4% of teams with Cleary at 10.3% and Cody Walker at 5% of teams. So uh, more than more than three times the players are captaining Trevojevic over Cleary. And I think that just nails on your point, mate, that Cleary is a pod captain this week. But if you have someone like a Charlie Staines, you are praying that he doesn't get named. And therefore, you can pretty much just have a free crack at, at the loop if you've got the, the ability to, to sub him in and, and captain him. Yeah, and with Charlie Staines, you should know if he's playing midway through the um, the other game too, so you'll know whether or not you have to make that trade. Yeah, it, it, look, worst unless comes, he's 18th. Worst comes to worst, Toto uh, is is playing. Oh, sorry, Toto is out and Ch- 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 Staines plays. 
if you have a trade in hand, you can easily just um, yeah nuff him out for for a tiger center wing nuff. There is a a few of them getting around, but with with this conundrum with the turbo Cleary conundrum, if you own both and you are VCing turbo, what is the the pass score you take to loop, knowing that Cleary's coming up? Um, one seventy. Yeah, I, I was I was thinking one sixty ish. So around there, I just think the look if. If it was like a one, if it was a normal week and he scores one thirty, you'd take that. But I think just the fact that Cleary has that that juicy matchup as well, I think the Panthers will know about the the reaction that the fans, the Tigers fans, had after their win uh, back in Origin period of time. So that's gonna sort of round up the statistics side of things and whatnot. We're gonna move into a couple more of listener questions. Um, the first one, this uh, gentleman sent me in his team. He basically has a conundrum where he's just falling outside the top 1,000, Brew. Uh, he needs to get back into it, but he is unsure whether we make a trade for Cleary, bring him in this week, uh, and getting his scores next week. So just to, to give you guys a, a perspective on, on this, we touched on Cleary's matchup this week against the Tigers. Next week, he will play Parramatta. Now, Parramatta have only had three teams bettering their defensive efforts against games over 80, which uh, NRL um, Supercoach stats consider a safe captain's choice. So they have conceded 80 points or more 30 times this year. Only three teams are better than that. Uh, Melbourne, South Sydney, and I think it was uh, Melbourne, Melbourne, South Sydney, and Penrith with the other three teams. So Parramatta are okay with not conceding a huge amount of points. They also have only conceded 1,300 points a game this year. So 13 games where a player has scored over 100 against them. Uh, they're also 13th ranked in halves, uh, conceding only 50 points a game. So that's to keep in mind for this trade next week, mate, when we, we discuss whether he brings in Cleary. The way his team is set up right now, we have Grant and Braley as his hookers. Uh, his front row forwards are Haas and Utoikamanu. So not much depth there considering his benches, Ryan James and uh, Greg from the Parramatta Eels. His two RFs, David Fafita, Isaiah Papali'i, Brandon Smith. His bench is nothing. Uh, it's Crichton, Harawi Renaira, Trevojevic. And, sorry, Burbo, no, not Jake. His halves are Cherry Evans and Burton. His halves are Adam Dewey and Cody Walker. His two RFs, uh, sorry, his center wings are Garrick, Ramian, Best, Norfoluma, and Nico Hines. And his fullbacks are Turbo and Gutherson. And he wants to know... What do we bring in with one trade left and 350k in the bank? The first thing that strikes me here is Cleary isn't needed, personally. Yeah, um, I'm just actually looking at it now. When, 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 got... when, you, when you've got Burton and Cherry Evans as your halves, and you've got huge amount of depth issues elsewhere, I think Cleary is the last thing that you need, personally. Maybe, but I will be the devil's advocate this time. So he's got Adam Dewey. Adam Dewey's out for the season. He has Cody Walker. Cody Walker could get rested next week. In which case he has no 5-8 next week. Now, Burton will play next week. You can dual Burton down if you sell Dewey. And you can bring Cleary in, who Cleary should also play next week. Which means that next week you would have Burton, Cherry Evans and uh, Cleary, which is good. Next week, if he doesn't get Cleary, he could have no 5-8 at all, potentially. The thing is, he is he's getting back Angus Crichton next week in his two RFs, which I think is going to make a, a huge help to him. Um, he's also yep. got Ryan James as his front row forward, so he can 
sub James down for Isaiah Papali'i next week. But a little bit of a... If he wants to go Cleary, I think the rogue shout for me is trading at Gutherson to get Cleary personally. Um, I just... I don't like Gutho... To, to be honest, I don't, I, don't, I don't even think you can afford it because Gutho has dropped in price that much. I just don't like the fact that Gutho is playing um, the, the Storm this week and then the Panthers next week. I think that's just a gross matchup for, for him and for Parramatta. Yeah, it is, but I think he. I wouldn't be tri- trading. He's got so few live bodies here. I wouldn't be trading a live body just in case, because even if Gutho gets twenty or thirty next week, that could win him a head-to-head, which could be a cash league. Could I'm not worried about his center wings. Um, he's got Hines there as a reserve, as you and I have both touched on, mate. We we think Hines is going to start next week, whether that beat the six, yep. six or the seven. I think his center wings are fine. I don't see Nofaluma getting rested. I don't see Ramian getting rested. I don't see Best getting rested. Nor Garrick. Garrick has played every game this season. I suspect that happens next week. The biggest concern is Cody Walker getting rested. Um, so I guess in that sense, what, what are you suggesting? Trading at Dewey, shifting Burton down, and then buying Cleary? Yeah, because when I look at his squad, I don't suspect that Gutherson... Like, he might get a rest next week, but he should have one or two players that can get similar points if he's got a difficult opponent. We already spoke, touched on the Hines comment, so in his other centers, they should all play. Cody's probably due for a rest going into the final, so I wouldn't rule out that he gets one. Um, but then in your forwards, something that you said actually made me more so lean towards Cleary, um, and that was the Crichton comment. Uh, I actually didn't realize that it was next week that he was back. I thought he was back first week of the finals. Um but no, I think I think I think if right. he took I think if he took the guilty plea, yeah, he was he back. He three. was back next week. If he if he challenged and failed, he'd be back first week of the finals. The only thing that I'm worried about with this gentleman's team is he only has five live bodies on the bench, and that includes four reserves. So he's only got one player to come in, which is Crichton. So if Crichton's back next week and Walker's rested, let's just say Walker's rested and Crichton's back in, he only has seventeen to play. He'll cop the AE of, of Angus Crichton. Um, barring Ryan James, no surprise selections here. So I don't, I just don't know if Cleary is the answer here. Personally, I'd, I'd much prefer to bring in uh, another forward. I don't really. But the problem is like who, because we've got three hundred and sixty k in the bank. Um, but I'll leave the decision up to you, mate. Let him know what you want to do. Uh, I take the ceiling. Um, I personally, I go Cleary this week. It's it's an all or nothing play in some some ways, and you are there is risk involved here for you because you don't have a lot of positional depth in basically across all positions, bar hooker and fullback. But I don't back any forward or any front row forward to come anywhere near what Cleary does on a bad day. So if he does have a good day, and I expect that he's going to have a couple of good days over the next two weeks, I think those points will more than make up for you maybe copying an AE or me even playing one short next week if there was mass restings because Brandon Smith probably gets a rest next week for me. Um, so Crichton coming back fills that hole. You'll have three in your second row. Uh, provided no injuries happen, you'll have Udukamano, you'll have Haas. You should have Grant. I can't see him getting a rest. He doesn't really need one. He's had so long off. Braley won't get a rest. Your centers won't get a rest. And... Tommy, well, maybe Tommy gets a rest, but it really depends if they're playing for fourth position or not. So for me, I take the ceiling play um, and I go Cleary. 
Awesome. Mate, we've got probably five to ten minutes left uh, before we wrap things up. We've got a couple of listener Q&As. We'll do some rapid-fire ones to finish off. First one comes from Ben Baggy. Toe or Haas last trade-in? Payne Haas. I prefer Payne Haas too. Uh, ben R underscore T says, Tedesco or Toe for his final trade? Tedesco. I prefer Tedesco as well. Uh, Cooper McFadden asks, Cleary or, Cap- uh, Cleary or Turbo for captain? We have covered that one pretty in-depth. Reggie Kensel says, One trade's left. Dewey out. No cash for Cleary. Hughes looking the goods via Jules. I would say no. I don't... Absolutely not. I would prefer DCE if you have the cash. Hughes won't play next week. Andy Che 5 Who is the surprise package of 2021? Here's either Garrick or Papali'i. I would say Hines is definitely a smoky to be in there, but I think it's hard to pass up Garrick if you gave me a chance to name every... If you gave me 100 guesses to name the best point scorer of the season, I wouldn't have said Hines in any... Uh, Garrick in any of those top, top 100 picks. Of those two, I would say Garrick because Papali'i actually had massive wraps on him previously. Uh, until he, I think he had a drink driving charge one preseason. Then from that moment on, he went downhill a little bit with, you know, his stature at, at the Warriors. Uh, my surprise package of 2021 would actually be Will Kennedy. I think Will Kennedy was playing some good footy there at the end of last year and built on it this year. So that's definitely uh, a good shout. If you remember back in 2019, mate, uh, I remember the preseason, the hype, the, the three-headed dragon that you had to have for your side back in 2019 was Cam Murray. Joe Stimson and Isaiah Papali'i at the Warriors. So there was definitely big raps on him uh, a couple of years ago, but I think, yeah, the, the Eels have just gotten the best out of him. Uh, the Williams 11 asked, Teddy or Pappenhausen for his second fullback for the run home? I prefer Pap. I prefer Pappenhausen. Uh, if you are a Hines owner, would you play him? How many minutes do you expect him to play? I think we've touched on this enough, but you're leaning towards 20 or 30. I have no reason to disagree with you. Uh, no, I wouldn't play him, and I actually think he'll play sub-20 minutes. Ooh. Okay. Uh, Dean Be- Beja says, Isaiah Yo or Marty Tapao? I like Marty Tapao, just with the the amount of points that the dogs are, are conceding through the middle. Yeah. Um, who do each, who do they have the following week? Uh, Penrith have the Eels, who you would suspect to be okay through the middle, and Manly have the... Cowboys, and they can sit a lot through the middle. So, yeah, Marty Tapao well, for me. Yeah, I'd probably just lean Marty Tapao because there could be an up- attacking upside. There could be a rest for Isaiah Yo on the cards as well. Um, yeah, potentially, yeah. Last two come from Martin Rivers, who asks me a question every week. I very much appreciate you, mate. Um, I see your name every week through these Q&As, and you've been one of the guys that have contributed basically all year, so I appreciate that a lot. One trade left. We sell Madison for either Payne Haas or Cam Murray. I prefer Payne Haas. I prefer Payne Haas because I think Murray rests next week. That's my exact reason too. And the last question of this near hour-long podcast, mates, Adam Frost 91 asks, do we reckon Pappy will play 80 and Hines will come on in a middle forward role? Yes, and then no. Uh... Yes, Pappenhausen will play 80. He needs to play 80. He needs to get back to proper match finals, match fitness. Um, That's the reason. Uh, Will Hines play a middle role? Yes, he'll play a floating role. I think, personally, don't be surprised to see this one be like 30 to 6 with 20 minutes left. And Bellamy says, Mr. Cam Munster, you can come off. Mr. Nico Hines, you can play some 6. Yeah, he could hook one of the halves. 
especially Hugh, uh, Hughes coming off a, a big knock. Mate, I didn't think we'd have much to talk about this week personally, but we've pumped out nearly an hour's worth of, of content for you guys. There was a lot of Teamless Tuesday news, a lot of stats I wanted to dive into this week as well because it was some very, very juicy matchups. We've also got semifinals this week, which is huge. Mate, I'm out. I'm done. I've got nothing else to play for, but you are in a, a pretty big semifinal this week. Yes, Charity League uh, semi-final. Uh, playing one of the best blokes on Twitter. Um, Not playing me. It's, I said best blokes, mate. Oh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> nah, it, look, whatever happens, happens from here. Um, the super gods, super coach gods will determine the outcome. Um, he looks like he's copped a little bit of a hit last week with Thompson and uh, he's got Curran. Um, I think he's got a... Jerome Hughes as well. So there's some variables for him. Um, touch wood. I've had a little bit of luck with a couple of blokes coming back this week. It's going to be tight. Hopefully I can win. Um, yeah, we will see what happens. I'll either be a very happy man next week going into face either SC spy or Mr. Supercoach, I think on Twitter. Um, apologies if that's wrong. Uh, outside of that, Good luck to everyone playing finals football this week. Good luck Hope to everyone. Get I am in my draft uh, grand final this week. I've put way too much effort into draft this year. It's, it's the only thing that I've been decent at. So draft grand final for me this week, mate. Pretty big semi-final matchup for you in the charity league. Uh, I hope everyone has enjoyed this episode. It's been one of my favorite to film. Uh, I think we've covered a lot. Hopefully you guys use it and enjoy it. This is going to be a great great week of footy. Uh, I think there'll be some fantastic matchups as, as well outside of Supercoach, more so just a, uh, a footy standpoint point of view as well. So uh, yeah, mate, I very much appreciate you for coming on once again. Uh, we'll, we only have, what, three, four more episodes left. We're going to have the roundup. We're going to have the preview and the roundup. So three more episodes after this one, and then we will move into a little bit of off-season content, and then I'm going to be going on a pretty lengthy break until the end of next season, mate. Yeah, we're, we're getting to the pointy end now, and then we'll refresh and recharge the batteries and see what the future holds, eh? I think a lot of people are either... People are either more invested in Supercoach now than, than they ever have been because of grand finals, or people have just shut off the app and, and stopped listening to podcasts and stuff. But either or, uh, I appreciate every single one of you for listening, for, for supporting me, supporting the page, supporting Brew, for, for, for getting him on recently. Uh, the support's been immense. Um, yeah. Not much else to say, guys. Keep your friends close, keep your pods closer, and good luck.